Chapter 4, when you find it, say amen. Thank you, Jesus. Find it, say amen. Good to have you all in the house of the Lord. The house of blessings. Not a haunted house, but a holy house. I said, not a haunted house, but a holy house. It's holy. Now the Spirit speak expressly that in the latter times, meaning now, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seductive spirits and doctrines of devils. Hmm. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience here with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meat, which God created to be received with thanksgiving. Verse 14, chapter 5. I will therefore that younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, give an occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. That's amazing. That's amazing. But if any man or woman that believeth have widows, who's the widow? Someone who once was married and lost her husband. Let them relieve them, and let not the church be charged. Let them be relieved them that are a widow indeed. You may be seated. Now the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, is speaking to us that in our last days we have to deal with doctrines of devils. And those devils are seducing us with their doctrines. Speaking lies in hypocrisy, that means false. Having their conscience seared with hot iron, and they forbid to marry. They forbid to marry and the command to stay away from certain kind of meats. Now, I won't go into the meat section right now, but I want to talk to you about marriage. Now, chapter 3 of 1 Timothy, it says here, A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one Wife. Now, if I obey chapter 4 and verse 3, then I don't need a wife. Am I right? Chapter 4 and verse 3 says, I forbid you to marry. It's against you getting married. Don't you ever get married. I forbid you. But then... It says, let the younger, right, women marry and have children and guide the house. All right? I won't go to verse 13 where it says, 
Don't let them be idle and go from house to house. Be toddlers and busybody. That's not my goal to not talk about that part of their lives. But it says, make sure they're not toddlers and busybodies running from house to house and nosing that all of his business. But it tells you, let the young girls get married. Right? But the spirit of our world says, don't get married. Forbid means a law. A law says, don't get married. Forbidding it. But then it says, now a bishop must be the husband of one wife. In verse 11, chapter 3, it says, let the deacon be the husband of one wife. Obviously, they children. Ruling their children in their own house. Well, it's amazing. That's what it says here. That the Spirit saying you shouldn't get married. Or the world says you shouldn't get married. And then the Scripture says you should. Now the question is, which of those are you going to believe? To be married or not to be married? That's the question. So in the last days, the Spirit, which is Satan, that's not the Holy Spirit, friend. Look at it right one more time. It's not the, whole, it's not the Spirit of Christ because there's, there's a big Spirit. He's telling us what the small Spirit is saying. So the big spirit is God is revealing what's going to happen in the last days. Now, are we in the latter times? Are we? Of course. That diagram behind you about latter times. In the last days say, God poured my spirit upon all flesh. So what were the last time? Now, let me give you some 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 quotation here. It says here, a successful marriage requires falling in love many times with the same person. Kind of like that. A successful marriage requires falling in love many times always with the same person. Another guy wrote and said, Happy is the man who finds a true friend, and far happier is he who finds that true friend in his wife. I mean, your wife should be your friend. And then another one says here, uh, the secret to a happy marriage is if you can be at peace with someone within four walls, if you're content because one of you love is near to you, either upstairs or downstairs, or in the same room, and you feel that warmth <laughs> that you don't find very often, then that is what love is all about. What sayest thou? <laughs> what thinkest thou? It's not lack of love, but a lack of friendship that makes unhappy marriages. Interesting. You know something? Marriage is neither heaven nor hell. 
is simply purgatory. And the amen is out there. God has spoken. Let the church say amen. Or maybe someone of the God spoke. Oh, I love being married. It's so great to find that one special person you want to annoy for the rest of your life. <laughs> I repeat it again. I just love being married. It's so great to find that one special person you want to annoy for the rest of your life. And the man says, Hey, a good husband makes a good wife. Which reminds me of a story I heard about God, Adam, and Eve had a little situation here. And before Eve came on the scene, God made the animals, made the trees, the birds, and the rivers, and the seas, and such like. And uh, it was beautiful. And God said, that's good. And made man and said, that's very good. And then he left Adam for a while, and he's watching Adam, watching all those animals having a relationship, and he couldn't have one. You could tell Adam felt like, I wish I could, like they could have a relationship, but I can't have one. And one day God came to him, I'm told, and said, Hey, Adam, I have an idea. He said, You know what I could do for you? I could get you somebody who will make you breakfast every morning. And lunch for work. And when he come home, supper. When he come home, I got, I could make you somebody that when he come home, meet you at the door with a kiss and a hug and, you know, and welcome you home and, and take your dirty coat off and put it up for you and and get your lazy boy chair and just let you sit back and bring your 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 best newspaper, you know, the Daily Chronicle and give it to you and, and give you a favorite coffee drink with all the sugar and the milk in there and uh, you know, and just have your dinner ready and and then while you're reading a paper that says, Huh, you know, the uh supper is ready, come on over and then watch you eat that beautiful, well-prepared meal. And uh, just when you're done, you know, that's, that, that situation. And just take out the plate and wash the dishes and, and go in the, in the comforter and sit back there and just relax. Put your foot up and get your lazy boy chair and kind of rub your head a little bit and scratch your back and make your feet kind of good. And... Uh, And that's not enough, so well, let's go to bed. I said, sounds good. God, but what's it going to cost me, an arm and a leg? He said, oh, no, just a rib. Just a rib. So that's how Adam had to pay to get his wife. I'm going to see tonight that God really meant what he said. When he made Adam and Eve in the garden, he said, it's not good for a man to be alone. Now, God says it's not good for a man to be alone. And then I read here in a lot of time of time, it says here that forbidding to marry. Forbidding to marry. Here God says it's not good for a man to be alone, whatever God have in mind. 
And then God said, I can't find any meat good for this man. And then God made this image of a person, brought this thing to Adam, unnamed. And Adam said, hmm, this is flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. In other words, it don't look like a chimp <laughs> or a monkey or a giraffe. It looks just like me. I think I named that thing woman. Not war man. That wasn't invented. It was a woman. And then he got more excited. Said, oh, you know what? Female. She. And God said, that's fine. That's good. That's good. Keep talking. And then God made a decree in the Bible. That's very interesting. And in that decree, it says, because there is no mom, there's no father, there's no sister, brother, there's no home. Therefore shall a man leave his mother and father. Right? In his home where he was born in. And go join himself to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. And then God says, Be fruitful and multiply. In other words, have as many kids as you can have. Let's keep having kids. And just multiply. In other words, not none of this rule like it's in Asia and China, one boy, one kid. God said, multiply. Now you see now how our things are changing here? Here's what God says, and here's what spirits are saying. What God says and what spirits are saying. And God says, Adam, I want you to leave and cleave. Now, it was God that said there was no companionship for this man he called man. The animal kingdom did not provide him solace or any hope of relationship. Now our future. And the Bible said that God said he got no companionship and God made him one. It came out of him long before anybody ever heard of a birth, a child being born. The first born person of this one is a woman. And man gave birth to her because by the fact she came out of him. Before he came out of her, she came out of him. I mean, continue the cycle with the help of God. And so... Let us know that they should be called man and wife. And God called him Adam. Obviously, she took on his name. He called her Eve, but God called her Adam. That means she took on his name. That's, so what God is doing is he's setting a model for life. The, in a marriage, he didn't use the word marriage, but that's what he meant. Marriage, come, or the word came later on. But it means that she takes on his name. And they become one flesh. Now, I'm going to describe what that means in this domain here. One, bone of his bone, and etc., etc. And so, uh, God said, it's only going to happen if one leaves and cleaves. Obviously, is the man going to go where she's at? 
today is she come where is come from where she is to where he's at. We kind of reverse the whole system. We're dealing with a role reversal system here. Everything is being reversed by the spirits of our world. Now, and so that's the system God set up. And then the Bible uses a word that is very interesting. It says, "And Adam knew his wife." Now, let me use the word that they use at school, so don't tell me I'm being weird. Didn't say Adam had sex with his wife. So Adam knew his wife. Knew meaning is not ignorant of who he's with. He known her like he doesn't know the animals. Yet I mean, we use the fancy word intimacy. We use the word, and you know, psychologists create a word called sex. And really, what all sex means is you're with somebody you don't know. You're a stranger. And and I think God called that fornication. Not not you know this person, but you don't know them. It's it's X means they don't belong to you. Got no name. You know? Charge X. No name person. But even as a name. And the system is set up. And from that time, God put in motion marriage. It was a marriage. It was never to be changed. Now, most of you don't know that this week, we all think about the family. And some there are sentiments, they're great. But the family does not mean the same to everybody. Family to God and family to man does not mean the same thing. They're talking about two different scenarios. And I talked to you about we live in a democratic world, a democratic system. Oh, there are other systems that democracy, but we live in a world of democracy, predominantly so, and the rest are just peripherals. And we notice also but still, God's system may be on the outer periphery, but it's still here. I mean, you can't obliterate God's system. And we're talking about theocracy. A family in God's theocracy is not defined by the same teaching in democracy or in our world. So when Jesus says, my people are in the world, but not off the world. In other words, our laws are diverse. Our Dictionary is diverse. Our understanding is diverse. Our concept and definition of the family, when a man says, I'm talking about my family, and when God says, I'm talking about the family, they're not talking about the same thing. That's why when I hear folks say, we all pray to the same God, I say, oh no, until you give me a name, I don't know what you're talking about. Because there are many gods. Give me a name, and I'll tell you if it's the same God we're talking about. Oh, we, 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 we're going to pray to God. We believe in God, but yeah, what's His name? When I come to what's His name, we have problems. And then, pretty soon, we start a diverging of the ways. We're different. Amen. All right? Now, theocracy has laws for marriage and the family. But don't kid yourself. The world democratic system have their laws. 
for marriage of the family. In theocracy, it's the voice of God that speaks to us. And we all say amen. In a democratic legal system, it's the voice of the people. And the difference is, the one that reigned over us in theocracy was ordained of God. And the one that rules over you in the democratic system was elected by the people. The difference. Quite a very different. Now I know on the 17th of February going to be again another Roman system uh, called Valentine. 17th? Well, the 17th or the 14th, sorry, I'm sorry. The 14th, right. And now, uh, thank you, Sister Neil and ladies uh, telling me because they're thinking about it. I did a quick check here to find out they know what they're talking about. Their mind is on it. Think of flowers. On the 17th, all right? It's the 14th. But whoever this creature is that created this season that we have in February the 14th, actually, it's a man. Before we say that man's name, I heard the word romance before. Romance. Romans mean the way Rome does it. So Romans mean the way Rome does it. I mean, you that. Romans. And it's linked with sexuality. Romans. And we're living in a Roman system. But in, in, in the year uh, 278, I found, February the 14th, a priest was murdered by Emperor Claudius II because this priest rose up and contradicted the emperor, which you just don't do. <laughs> and not only contradict, but went contrary to the law of Emperor Claudius II. And Claudius was at war with nations. And people were not joining the army that they used to join the army. Because the men were concerned about getting married, having family, and having children. Well, one thing about a soldier, if he's in the army, he knows he may never come home. And when, when your husband is in the army, you marry a dead man. Because once he's in the army, he's telling the Caesar, I will give my life for this cause. And that's why David sitting against Bathsheba. He knows the law. He knows when a wife, husband goes to, to, to war, his job was to release her, to marry, should he die. Well, David makes sure that <laughs> this guy died because he wanted that wife because she looks pretty good in the body shapes. Right? Her physique was such that he wanted her. And so he makes sure he, he died so the law would work for him. That's what he did. That's what he was thinking. He plot the death of this man. And when he died, he just bring her home, make her one of, another one of his wife. For a whole year it went on, and God said, just a minute. You violate what I did in Genesis. Now you're going to pay to the day you die. And it shows how God respects marriage. 
even though Uriah died and died illegally and lost his wife to this man, God said, I will defend the dead. And God brought catastrophes after catastrophes in the life of David. Why? Because he broke the marriage sacred vow illegally. Now, had Uriah died normally with a conspiracy, it would have been okay. Because the king can do whatever he wants. But not that time. This is God's law for marriage. So, so we, we know how God feels about marriage. And, and they said, that girl, that is Uriah's wife. That's not yours to have. You can't have her. She belongs. She's taken. She has an owner. She belongs to Uriah. You know, David tried to conspire how to get her illegally. And God is watching him in quietness and silence, but judge him openly before everybody. So they didn't know that God is not in collusion with David. Because God loved David, but David did a terrible thing. Well, back to this Saint Valentine. He's called a saint because Catholics being a saint out of this man, this priest called Valentine. That, well, conscription was down low and men weren't joining because of marriage and family. So Claudius II got mad. He said, you know what? I'm going to ban marriages. No young lovers can get married. Nobody get married. It's illegal to get married. Well, church, what have you just done there now? Well, those hormones and the chromosomes start rising up. When boy sees girl, and girl sees boy, what's going to happen? Hello? He passed a law, and when Valentine heard about it, he rebelled. It's like Constantine. It's like... Uh, uh, this guy called uh, that works against uh, the, the, the Pope is the same thing. Amen. The Luther, like Luther did, he, he turned against him. And when the king found out, the king got mad and, and he beat him to death, literally killed him. But from that cell that he was in, it is said that he wrote a letter to the jailer's daughter and said. This letter is from your Valentine. And from that time, it became a symbol of love, lovers in love. And you know, the Pope always does. Even though they were a part of a system, they turn around and sanctify what they want to demonize. They're pretty smart. Amen. And so, there's a feast I... I found that among Romans that were called, it's called Lupercalia, meaning the feast of love. Now, in those Greek and Roman systems, they got a day and a God for everything. They got for smiling, they got for death, they got for resurrection, they got for food, and so they got God for love. All right? Like the word erotica, you know, erotica is what we call porn today. It's another form of porn, or filial love. Or agape love. They got different words for different categories of love. So you got to understand what love are they talking about. So I said, I love you. What do you mean? I feel you, or I agape you, or erotic you. What are you talking about? Make sure you understand before you start getting excited about how much he loves you. It might not be the kind of love you want to be a part of. All right. So the Pope make it a law that uh, 
the 14th of February would become the St. Valentine's Day of celebration, a time of love where we're giving flowers and poems and all that stuff. Now, Christians follow those things. And I don't know why they do it, but they, they follow it. But the problem is, God said, come out of her, my people, and learn not the ways of the heathen. In reality, flowers shouldn't be given to your wife just one day or three, six, or five days in a year. Your love for your spouse should not be just one day out of 365 days. And flowers don't talk. Hello? Flowers don't speak. And those love messages only for one day, and those poems just for one day, in fact, the poem you gave is not even your, you that wrote it. Somebody just wrote it for you. It's like someone telling your wife that you love her. Except you saying, there's a the story in the Caribbean we had, what was it made up or not, I don't know, but this guy couldn't read and couldn't write, but had a friend who used to write letters to the girl he loves. You know, we end up marrying the girl, don't you? The one who wrote the letter. Not the one to speak the word, because the guy was writing what he wants to write, not what he was told to write. And you know who got the girl, the guy who wrote the letter. And so, from that time. But then, I go into 1 Timothy 4, and verse 3, and realize, long before 278 A.D., the Apostle Paul picked up on that coming era, when... Men and women will be forbidden to marry. He said, Pastor, that's extreme. No, I was in China, and they're forbidden to have more than one or, one or two children. It's a criminal offense to have two or three. But you can check the law and see if it's true or not. In First Timothy 4 and verse 3, forbidden to marry? Well, if you can't marry, what are you going to do? How will you procreate? Outside of marriage, you can only turn to harlotry, fornication, lesbianism, homosexuality, hello, and prostitution. Instead of marriage. It's marriage or those things. You get the same comfort. Now, in the book of Romans, chapter 1, 26 and 27, I'm told that Paul lost his life in Rome because Caesar was upset because Paul had this teaching about marriage and same-sex gender. And it said the seed about them was very effeminate. And he knew what Paul was teaching. Obviously, Paul would not recant. And he cost him his head, just like the priest Valentine lost his head for performing marriage in, in, behind the scene. Now, 
Paul talks about a love. Someone said, well, we are committed lovers. We are we're committed in love. Well, you know, you can be in love but love the wrong thing. You can love my car, but you can't have it. You can love my house, but you can't have it. Because you love it, I mean, you should have it. Paul speaks about, in verse 26, chapter 1 of Romans, the kind of word you see it, the rise of vile affection. The word vile means what? Not valiant, but villain. Vile affection between women of the same gender. Now, that sounds kind of a contradictory, isn't it? Term. Women of the same gender. Well, she's a woman, she's a woman, right? Same gender. Makes sense to me, right? One gender. Doing what is unseemly, unnatural. But could it be that 1 Timothy 4 3 actually opened the door to that kind of lifestyle? In prison, women who are not allowed to marry or meet the opposite gender. What do you think they do? Exactly that. Satisfying their hormones and their chromosomes. They do those things. Romans one twenty-seven. It says men with men. Women with women. It's in violation of the first chapter of Genesis. It's Definitely anti-procreation. It's definitely a violation of health standard. But here's the shocking thing. This ban in marriage, in the book of Daniel chapter 11, verse 37, it talks about a coming prince who would not regard the desire of women. Paul told you the desire of women in chapter 5, verse 11. He said, when they wax emotionally charged up, they will want to get married and have children. And then Paul put it this way in chapter 7 of 1 Corinthians. It's better to marry than what? Burn. The moment you ban marriage, you put me in a burning condition. Because we were created to lust. Not by choice, but willfully. God means it that way. To promote procreation. Paul said in the seventh chapter of 1 Corinthians, it's better to marry than to burn. And the natural desire of a woman is two things to get married. And have children. And if there's a system of government that will that will not regard the desire of women, I mean marriage will be not desirable. You say can have intimacy or jump in bed with each other, just says the sanctity of marriage is not required. Now we're live like the animals. Even though we're called to a higher standard of accountability for the way we conduct ourselves, and the way we cover ourselves, the way we expose ourselves, 
the way we interrelate ourselves. Animals can't be harlots. Animals can't be fornicators. Animals can't be lesbian. Animals can't be homosexuals. They can't be adulterers or prostitutes. They can't. Nor are they charged for that. But we are. Corner animals. They call us homo sapiens or we're human. But homo sapiens, homo, mean man. Right? Our homo and homosexual means same sex or same kind. <coughs> and so what we're finding here, what is the desire of women? It tells you the desire of women mean the Bible. It says chapter 5 of 1 Timothy and verse 11. When they wax wanton, they will want to marry. Every girl, when she reaches a certain age, when she don't get married, she gets upset. And thinks there's an old bag on the wall or on the shelf. And she got she wax wanton and they're unstable. <coughs> so Paul released them very early and said, Go ahead, get married. Then burn. <coughs> now Paul did talk about one time about, you know, hey, if you're if you're a widow, don't don't, don't get no remarried because you get a chance to do more for God. But the, the reason there's a difference now. The difference is to give oneself to God. He said the person who is married have a dual role, an obligation to God, an obligation to their wife or their family. Because the woman that's married seek to please her husband. And the man who is married seeks to please his wife. The one who is single and were never married can please the Lord. He said, I don't say this to, to put a shame on you. I'm going to tell you how it is. There's no distraction. But he says, if you're going to reign with the church, you better get married. And you must be a husband of one wife. Now, you can't be a husband of one husband. You can't be a wife of one wife. You've got to be a husband of one wife. Hello? Heterogeneity. But not homogeneity. Hey, we're talking about Valentine. Say Valentine. We're talking about family. The family at the high school that they teach in this city is not the same family I talk about in this church. The family they teach your kids about in the classroom, in the books, and that same one the pastor talked about in our summer school. Very different. This kid can have two father or two mother. And I'm not talking about stepmom and stepdad. I'm talking about just aberrant same-sex relationship. In the 24th chapter of Matthew, verse 19, even having babies is coming to a place now where it's almost uh, persona grata. It's frowned upon to have kids these days. It's almost a crime to have a child. Ooh, you dare have a kid. All we want is the glory of orgasm, but we don't want any other effects. Even though God created us for procreation and recreation, 
We want the recreation, but not the procreation. Verse 19. Woe to those that have babes in those days. My word. Woe mean what? Destruction. You think the natural propensity of a man is to protect a childbearing mother. But not so here. Because they're devalued. Herod didn't think much about kids. He cut their heads off. He slaughtered them. He murdered them. For his own aggrandizement, he killed them. Murdered them. Moms throw their babies to the Nile to suit Pharaoh. Today they strap bombs on their belly. Several months pregnant and blow themselves up. It's a suicidal uh, attack. And they blow themselves up with their fetus in them. In them. Whoa, in those days. Why? Because the, 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 the sentimentality of familyhood is devalued. We are no longer a family. We're just companions. We're just living together. You're my roommate. You're not my soulmate. <laughs> You're my roommate, my, my partner and I. It's not my wife, it's not my husband. It's my partner. Well, they were the family. So we're celebrating this week, the family. Well, what family are you celebrating? A theocratic family definition of family? Or are you celebrating... A democratic system of family. Which were you talking about? Come on, folks, think about it. Your kids got to live one day in the system. And your kids got to one day choose which of those family style they want. And I know kids from this church today who are living in aberrant family style, who rejected the theocratic system and chose the democratic lifestyle because democratic is permissiveness. But we in, in, in the theocratic system, we believe if I commit abomination, I cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And we want to inherit the kingdom of God. So if God put all that kind of lifestyle behavior in abominable acts, they weren't going to commit them. Because we want to go to heaven. We don't want to go to hell. We want to be saved. So, we know from scandal in the paper that many little altar boys around the world have been villainized, misused, and abused sexually by the same people who banned marriage. Yet they're the same one who will call a world council to discuss the future of the family. And Rome will right now talk about the future of the family. They have a big conference when they're the most destructive element to the family. They're more destructive than prostitutes are, than harlots are. They're more detrimental than lesbians are and homosexuals are. Because they, they are sanctimonious about their teaching. <laughs> but it could be the opposite. But they don't want to forbid marriage. Those men can't marry. They forbid them to marry. Well, those men got urges. They got chromosomes. You know what I'm saying? XY. And they go wild. Testosterone. They, they rise up on them. And they got to fulfill it somehow. And they burn. 
and they burn and they release their burning somewhere. And then any offspring come from that is death and destruction, infanticide. It's fun all the time. In places of religion, just one-time home, we call them convent today. Now, I'm not being derogatory. I'm not being scandalous. I'm telling you what you read all the time. You're in the news all the time. It's happened all the time. Yet they want to define the family. And they become the custodian of the family. Are they really? First Timothy 3 and verse 2 says, In the theocratic system, the true theocratic, and I don't mean the Roman system, which talk about romance, or the Greek system was erotica and filial love and agape love. Only one person to find love is Jesus Christ. For he loved the church and gave himself for the church and cherished the church. Hello? And Paul called the great mystery as based on in the beginning it was so. First through the four and verse three. We're warned against an age coming when marriage is forbidden. When I was studying for, to be a counselor, I found that when Canada finally opened up the law in the United States for divorce, in one year it spiraled, like from 6% to 80% divorce. All of a sudden, bang. But what was happening on the side was people were living common law on the side while still remaining married. Because their three crisis that they can't divorce, but they can live common law. That's amazing, isn't it? Chapter 3 and verse 2. Husband must be of one wife in the ministry. And, and, the, and verse 4 said they must have kids. Verse 11. The ministry must have a wife. So they must say, no. No, got to be a husband with a wife. Verse twelve: must be a husband. The man must be a husband. He can only be. Thought he can be a husband. He can't be a wife. Never can be. I don't care how Udini magical he can be. He can't make it happen. He can't let his testosterone disappear with all the injections he gets. He just won't make it go away because God says. Your parts are already mentioned in the book of life. It's numbered. The one that made us. Verse 12, have kids. So it's with a God that you get married, have children, guide the home, be a wife, or be a husband. Da, 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 da. Right now. Okay, now. A husband, I got down here. A husband is supposed to be a male. The wife is supposed to be a female. The husband is supposed to be a man. And the wife is a woman. That's not rocket science, is it? The husband is a protector. The wife is the nurturer. The, the mankind is the provider. The woman is the homemaker. Hello? The men guide the family. And the wife helps the helpmate. She's not the head. 
But nor is she the doormat. She's a helper, an assistant. He must love his wife, and she must respect her husband. He's the authority, and she's the enforcer of the law by discipline. So he disciples, and she disciplines. He's a companion, or provides companionship, and she gives him comfort. Makes sense to me. Just say amen. All right? Now, I got some things here to look at here. I don't care how hard we try, we can never make a man become a woman, and can never make a woman become a man. And gentlemen, you're lucky. You don't have a monthly cycle, and don't ask for one either. You won't like it. You're not built for that kind of pain. The first sign of blood you see, you start fainting. She sees her all the time. If you saw your blood, often she sees her, you'd be a dead man. Don't laugh, because these guys go to the hospital for a blood test, and they stick a little bit, and they all faint. It's only one time. How about every month? There's some basic differences that tells us who I am. It's never a confusion who I should be. Men have more muscles fat than women do. Women have less. It's pretty obvious. Why? Men have less body fat, women have more, because of her babe. All right? Men have more pints of blood in his body, women have less. They do. I'll tell you why. Check it out. Because blood is required to lift weight. You can check it out. Go check on your biologist. You're going to find them right. Check it out for me. Go check it out. It's your blood. When you start pumping weight, it's your blood that gives you that pressure. You need more of it. In fact, that's why women's feet are colder than men's feet. they got less blood going through that body. Men use the left side of their brain, and women use both sides. So, men, you're out number two to one in a discussion. You ain't got a chance. All right? Men is greater in strength, women is weaker, because she was not designed for outdoor work. She was not. And God gave her a physique, you know, a waist, a chest, dimension that the men don't have, and vice versa, and the thigh, and all those stuff. They have specific reason for God putting them where they are. Men are more visual. Men, men see a woman go by and her shape affect them. And women can see another woman go by it doesn't affect her at all. But women are more emotionally, you know, cry more than men do. Men don't cry. That's why, you know, that's why men die quick and men have headaches because men don't cry. Men have no way to release the stress. But tears are stress relievers. And women cry with their stress all the time. Men don't do it, so they get more sick, headache, and faint. You know what I'm saying here? But men are protectors, women are nurturers. Men are providers, and women are homemakers. And we find that men will outlive us because they've got a higher immune system than we do. Why? The fetus capacity. That's why women outlive men. It's not because God won't give you a break. <laughs> <laughs> okay I don't know if you know this and I'm not being facetious here but a man's brain is linked directly with his penis and a woman 
outside with her vagina. So it's easy and quicker for a man to get a rose than a woman does. A woman has to be cranked up like a like a machine or pumped up to get going. A man just easily got become erectus very quickly because of the way the brain is connected. Now, are you with me? So we are different. Man got Y chromosome, woman got X. In fact, man got XY and woman got X only. We're different. You can't change it. I don't care what's night you put on your skin. You can't change it. You can't change what God established in the brain system, in the blood system, in the flow system, and the design system. All right? We got bigger brain, and they got smaller brain. We got bigger legs and torso and skeleton. They got smaller. That's why men are taller than women, and very rare so women taller than a man. Hello? But on their side, after a while, they start getting fat around a certain part of their body, and we not we don't get fat. We're skinny, right? Because we don't carry a fetus. That, you know, we can't. We couldn't carry a baby. It wouldn't last long. A woman can bear a toothache longer than a man can. You know, I mean, a toothache as the world, the sky is falling. Is that right? All right. And so, uh, I'm not sure who tolerate pain better. I think women do, but. They said men do, and I don't believe it. I got my doubts. All right? Now, let me go on some things. Can I say amen? All right. The theocratic says it takes a male and a female to form a family. The democratic system says unisex. For marriage, in the theocratic world, it's heterosexual. In a democratic society, it's homosexual. Same sex. Doesn't matter. In the theocratic system, the union that's natural by nature and by design is a male connected to a female. It's just right on every level. But in the democratic world, it's permissiveness of what? Same sex or unisex. The purpose of the theocratic system is recreation and procreation. And all must be kept in sanctification. But in the democratic system, it's sexual liberation. All they want is recreation only. Animals only come together on a predetermined cycle. A man and a woman as frequent as they want to. We're not cyclical put together unless you're different. But any time babe is good enough. Any time, any place, good enough. But animals have a certain ritual they go through certain time. So when when you celebrate the family, what are you celebrating? Are you celebrating what they're celebrating? Or are you celebrating what God wants you to celebrate? What well, we're trying to win them, Pastor Neil, yeah. Are they winning us? You see, a theocratic law system is a natural system. 
the natural propensity, the natural union, the natural communion. But in the democratic world system, it's permissiveness where it's an inordinate, unnatural affection. Are they in love? Of course. You can love your cat more than love a human being. People do that all the time. But is that natural? No! They love their dog more than their husband. Where I live, I see people walk their dogs. I never see them walk, walk their son anytime. I don't see anybody walk their kids anywhere on my, my highway where I live. Well, they always walk their dog, walk their cats. Well, unless you walk your human cat. Well, unless you walk with your husband. Well, unless you walk with your daughter or your son. You have no time for them, but you got early morning ride up in North so you can pee and come back. Hello? It's amazing how we got a stadium, a place to take dogs to release themselves, but not for kids in our community. So we should have been the family, church. Don't look at me like that. I'm not crazy. I'm, I'm right on. The purpose of a woman, it's important to understand that. Most men don't know why a woman is who she is and why God brought her in this being. Well, by the way, the Bible says, woman was created for man and not man for woman. You'll never reverse that no matter what you say. Hey, you didn't create yourself. You are the object of creation. You were created for a purpose. And that purpose should be taught in church. And sometimes the divorce rate is higher in the church than in the world. Maybe one reason because in the world nobody about to get married. They just live together. That's probably the reason why it's higher in the church. The church, church do go through the ritual, but don't get the blessing of it. Most husbands in the churches never read Song of Solomon and won't read it. Most preachers won't go there. They have a heart attack if he goes there. He said, "Ma, that's porn." They would. We're more righteous than Solomon's song. If Solomon speaks of that woman. In a way that he knows her. I heard the brother was preaching about it the other day. I was wondering, what are you guys thinking? I brought you down that road before. And yet, if I was teaching publicly anywhere, I said, Pastor, he's gone crazy. He's unbecoming. It's in my Bible. The Bible wants to safeguard us today from the problem of vile affection. Romans 1 27. There's an absence of natural affection. Now, what is sodomy? Some become a, a natural name, named after a city that was called Sodom. I'm not sure why they call them Sodom and Gomorrah. But it's a place of effeminacy and masculinity and unisex. From the smallest to the greatest, they were all involved. Total democratic system. People do what's right in their own eyes. No law. If you go to Deuteronomy chapter 22 and verse 5, God taught this democratic people, Israel, and me and you, that Deuteronomy 22 5, 
A man shall not put on in clothing that which pertains to women. Mardi Gras in uh, Louisiana coming up. It's a Catholic celebration. And yet in that celebration they commit sex on the street openly. You don't believe me? Look it up. Before the fast. Well, you know, you got pagan priest, priestess in Greek mythology. We went to Greece, we went to Rome, and they showed us those things. I'm not making it up. What's Mardi Gras? What does it mean? Look it up. What do you mean? Before the fast. What do they do? What do they do, folks? How do they behave? And yet church shut down for that celebration. But God protect His sanctified people by the apparel we wear. Pastor, you can't tell us how to dress in church. Yes, we can. If you, if you wear a beard in Jamaica, the police see you. You think you're Rastafarian. They smoke weed. Marijuana. It's true. People, look at how you dress. Your dress speaks of your character of your heart, who you are, what you are. And when we ask the church, if you're going to come down to my puppy, you can't come up here and say any old way. I won't let you. No way. Not in this church. No. Because I represent the king. You can't go to Buckingham Palace and say any old way, any old way you feel like. No, you can't do it. Number two, God gave us protection against role reversals by hairstyle. God's law on my hair length protect me from role reversal of looking contrary to what He wants me to be. First Corinthians chapter eleven and verse seven and fourteen. God says, "Men must not be feminine, because we cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven if we're feminine." Possibly do not. If feminine men shall not inherit the kingdom of heaven, and such were some of you, but you have been converted. Back to the right thing. God says, short here in men because of nature and the Word of God. By the way, nature is God's scripture written for blinded men who won't read the book. He may not read the text, but he can conduct creation. Alright? How long is the hair? Determine if you're a male or a female. You know, we've got these women with their hair bobbed right off like men. And men hair down to their bottom, control reversal. And try to tell me that is of God? No, my friend. That's no different from a cabaret. Now, I've been to cabarets. The girls singing have short, 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 short hair, and the men singing have long, 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 long hair. And they're playing exactly like the church does. So that's no church. Come on. God used hair. In First Corinthians chapter eleven, verse four to seven, so long hair belongs to women for a covering. Then we got these 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 apostolics who what they do they cut their hair but put their hats on, so they're covered. Foolishness, garbage, nonsense, hypocrisy. That's not what it means. A hat was never meant to be on it. Woman, it's the Jewish men that wear hats. Look in your Bible. 
The bonnet was on the priest, not the woman. Rome reversed that and put a shawl on the woman's head. And I said, oh, that church. I go to these church and those girls, their heads are not covered. Sure they're covered. Their hairs are covering. For what God gave you. But in their church, they cut their hair. And God said, you're not supposed to cut it. Joseph. Give me an example here. Joseph. <coughs> told you thought Mary commit a terrible act of indecency. She's pregnant without being married to him. He said, that's not my baby. We're engaged, but we're should be sleeping around with somebody else. <coughs> and by the Levitical law, he should stone her. He should take her to the priest and give her a test called the text, the test of jealousy. They would take the dirt of the temple and her haircut and the shave her bald, and they would put a, give her a brew to drink and make her swear by God. And if she lied, what would happen? Her thigh would rot and her belly would fall out. But if she was innocent, she would stay, she'd still be bald, right? And she would live and have a baby to show that she was clean. But when anybody see her walking around with a bald head, they knew she was in question by her husband. That means she did something that was contrary to her husband, right? Now, God covered rape and said if a girl was raped and she don't cry out, then stone her too. Now, I'm not telling you go stone people today. But back then, this was the law, right? But if she cried and nobody heard her, and if God was stronger than she was, then she should live. And he should die. And she's a slave, and he, and he humbled her, and he has to marry her. What's God trying to do? Sexual purity. The righteousness of God. Am I losing your folks tonight? We don't have a Valentine thing upstairs with candles? No. Play the Word of God. This is a candle of the Word. The Word of God is a candle of the Lord. Now, listen to me, church. <coughs> so Mary was speared that, and the angel defended her. I said, no, she doesn't know a man. She's clean. I did that to her. By overshadowing her. Alright? There's some lessons we should learn about marriage. Only in marriage you have Romans 1 27 fulfill the natural use of a woman. It can only be realized in a legitimate marriage. Verse 26 when it's gender to gender, same sex gender, it's called vile affection. The word affection means love, intimacy, but it's a villain. And they'll tell you, we are in consensual, committed relationship. Well, here's what. I commit adultery. I commit fornication. That's committed too, isn't it? But it's wrong anyhow. Hello? <clears throat> Pretty quiet around here. Mm. I'm in somebody's backyard tonight. Chapter 11, verse 4 to 5. Verse 6 to 7. And verse 15. Hair length is used to define if you're a male or a female. Paul says nature teaches us 
You don't need a philosopher, a scientist, or a psychologist to tell you if you're a male or a female. He says, nature will tell you. <coughs> hello. Say hello. Hello. So hallelujah. Thank you. Genesis 2, 1925. God made male and female. Man and woman. Survival depends on male and female cohabiting. On the ark, it proves that. God's going to drown the whole world, but He wanted to repress the earth, so He saved them, male and because He couldn't do it no other. And the only thing that was the oddball on that ship was what? Those who went in by sevens. Oddball. Our gender was in that was not going to be a part of the what? Procreation. He's going to kill it for sacrifice. Am I making sense? Now, you see, church won't teach it. But I'm in the book. I'm teaching the truth. I'm telling you, in the last days, they're forbidding us to get married or such like. And your kids will eventually believe that if they're not told differently. Because in Sodom, they all came up the house. And said, so we want to know that man. You can't know that man. Were we told it's okay? Is it okay? No, it's not okay. Genesis 2, 9.25, God made male and female, husband and wife, and their job was to create a family. Adopting a kid does not make a family. Mary was linked up with Joseph, and Jesus, my father. He's not claiming Joseph for his father. He said, Wait, why should he be? My father is in heaven. <laughs> Joseph, you're just a surrogate. You're just right here, but you're not, you're not my dad. Was he his dad? Was Joseph the father of Jesus? No! No! All right? Is this sex or intimacy? Intimate. Mating. Mating. Mating can only be uh, right if it's between opposite and sanctified only by marriage. There is no other way. Whatever your belief is, fine. But I'm telling you what the Bible says. What God taught Israel. Amen. All right? Sex is between strangers. You don't know the person, so they call it ex-sex. But when you know the person, it's intimacy between a man and his wife. They know each other. And if you want to know what that means, go read Songs of Solomon or Solomon's Song and explain what knowing means. The only way he could describe her the way he did was because he had an intimate knowledge of being with her. He said to the people, and he, he rebe- God, the Lord Jesus rejected, I never knew you. In other words, you were never in the bride of Christ. 
we then have an intimate relationship. And Ephesians talk about the intimate relationship between Christ and the church. And that's why God didn't that situation about marriage. But teach us about that. All right? Now, if I don't teach you this, you'll never learn it because who's going to tell it to you? Nobody's going to tell it to you. You're on your own. And you're super fishing on your own. He says, teach my people knowledge. Show them the sins. Show them the right from wrong. The clean from the unclean. Amen. And the right from the wrong. All right? There are several affections. People say we're in love. We are committed to each other. We're committed mate. We're partners. We're roommates. We're room partners, etc. and so on. In the courthouse law of the democratic system, it's okay, but not so in the house of God. Just like a leadership in the house of God is different from the leadership in the world. In the world, the pyramid goes up like this. The apex of the top. You're at the top. <coughs> leadership in God's kingdom, it, it, it turned the opposite way. God's turning our world upside down tonight. So, my family. Family. Meet my roommate. Not, not meet my wife or my husband. My roommate. Try to neutralize what cannot be neutralized. Affection. Right now, number one. Vile affection. Romans one twenty six. There are many affections out there. Yes, they're in love. You can love with a cat too. Hmm. Verse twenty seven, he says, not natural affection. Verse twenty six and thirty one, it's unnatural affections. Verse twenty seven, then there's one called natural affection. Another place Paul called it inordinate affection. And then finally said, you're dishonoring your body. You know, my, my thumb would be out of place putting it where my ear is. Hello. Every member in your body was strategically designed and placed for a unique purpose. The whole family in heaven has a name. You think the family in heaven and the family on earth is the same? No! And if we get to heaven, we're going to be a part of a family. The whole family is named after Him. It's going to be God's family, not man's family. Alright? Now, God warned us against the church. We don't care what the world does. I don't care what they do. That's their problem. It's legal in their system. But for us, it's not convenient. It's not expedient for me to do what's lawful for them to do. Paul says, I will not be brought in subjection to any of those things. Obviously, they want to force their ways on me while they despise my method. But look at this now, folks. Leviticus 18.23. What do you do one day if your daughter walks and says, Mom, I'm gay. Mom, I'm lesbian. I'm a transvestite. I'm whatever. What would you do? Well, son, I still love you unconditionally. What would you do? What would you say? 
How will you receive it? Mom, meet my my mate, my new mate, roommate. We're in consensual relationship. Oh, we're gonna adopt, have a family. You know, we know we can't have kids together because we're the same sex. We're gonna adopt a few kids. What's amazing is, heterosexual relationship cannot easily adopt kids as those from same-sex skin. Bestiality. Let me get to 1823. God says, it's sin. What's okay in my country? Fine. But for me, it's sin. I will not be brought on a such condemnation. Look at 1822. Homosexuality. The, the Bible is sin. I mean, same-sex worship is wrong. To God, it's wrong. In a theocratic system, it's wrong. But in a world of, you know, of a compromise, appeasement, do it if you feel pleased. It's my truth and your truth. It's my way or your way. Who said you're wrong and I'm wrong? No, no. That's just feel good. Just don't, just don't hurt anybody. Not true. You do hurt somebody. Then Romans 1, 26, 27. What about that? It says, lesbianism is incorrect. Hey, you got to tell the truth. You got to tell your son and daughter. That's not right. And if you think they're going to learn by, by uh, evolution, it's not going to happen, friend. You have to sit down and teach them the laws of God. And the difference between the laws of God and the laws of man. If you don't, then your kids have no reference point. You've got to give them your core value or the world values. You have to make up your mind. So, this is family week. What family are you talking about? I got family, you know, but if they're not living to married, I won't stay in my house in the same bed. I won't sure won't do it. Not in my house. Go to a hotel. Respect my values. Respect my, my position. This house belongs to God. Thank you for the amens. I don't know what you allow, but I said, No in my house. I said, Me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. You ain't gonna push my God out with your lifestyle. Amen. Boy, I can feel resistance out there. Sodomy is wrong. Lesbianism is wrong. Bestiality is wrong. You will never make it right. You may kill me and lock me up in jail. You still don't change the Word of God. It's established in heaven. They put Paul in jail and said, Look, the Word of God is not bound. It's still true anyhow. Thy Word of God is settled forever in heaven. All right? Now, you see, you know, I told my wife today, we have a way of thinking a church is successful because there's a lot of people on the pews. No. Big building. I'm not impressed by it. I want to know at the end of the road, what will he say? You abominable thing? You defile thing? You polluted thing? No. Pollution can't go to heaven. Defilement can't go. Uh, any kind of abomination can't go. And if these are called and categorized abomination, I don't want it. 
Lord, can someone shout praise the Lord? All right. To be qualified as a wife, you must be not just effeminate. Because effeminate and feminine are two different things. Effeminate is a man trying to become a woman. Feminine is a woman born to be a woman and still is a woman. can't find the Bible the word human because human comes from the word homo sapien and homo sapien is linked with evolutionary theory God says man God made man not human made man or angels that's what God said okay to be qualified to be a wife you must be a person with a womb Every woman in this building have a womb. Even if I cut it out, you got one before. You had one. We men can never have it. Never! Ever! To be a wife, you must be a woman. You must be female. And you must have the capacity give birth to a fetus. And fourth, everybody should hear this, you must experience monthly menstrual cycle. Otherwise, you're not a woman. I don't care if you dress like one, smell like one, decorate like one, you're still not a woman. I don't care if you go to the ladies' washroom, you're still not a woman. I don't care if you cut off your Charlie and put something else there. You're still not a woman. You're still not a woman. You're still a he. Being chopped up, beaten up, chopped up, messed up. But the brain still thinks like a man. And testosterone will never become I don't care how much your breasts grow to they grow to hang on the floor. You're still not going to give milk. Come on now. Hello. And if I was a woman, I'd get pretty upset if I see a man come to my bathroom. I'll throw him out. Now, can I go on? I plan to. You got the real right. Church. Okay, I want to go to heaven. I don't know about you. I don't have to anybody to go there. I'm going to mark the bombs. I'm going to teach the Bible. I wish I had three weeks to teach this. I need three weeks. I'm not done. I ain't one tenth done. Because I can get more nicer in the study than this. But I'm trying to show you what even with a democratic society of appeasement that violates the laws of God. Truth falling on the streets. Huh? Righteousness is not being taught anymore. Pastors are too chicken and cowards to speak the truth because of money. 
tithes and offerings, popularity and crowd, are they voting voted out? Somebody's got to preach the truth. As is. Look at this, folks. Marriage and the family. That's my real title. That's my real title. Really. I put a bracket, Valentine. There's no Valentine in my marriage. I don't need no priest to tell me when to give my wife flowers, when to kiss my wife, when I should make love to my wife, when I should say, man, you're the priest thing to slice bread. Mm-hmm. Come on, somebody. If you need all that kind of help, my friend, you're in poor shape. Because of her valentine. The guy's dead. Now, if you bought your wife a card, I'm not condemning you, please. You do what you want. You want to buy her flowers? That's okay. Go ahead. Nothing wrong with that. Go ahead. It's your prerogative. I'm trying to tell you where it came from. The marriage of the family. Theocracy, democracy. Here we have... Here we have lifestyle. We're dealing with system of systems of government, government beliefs, practices, justice system, origins, families, marriage, relationship, intimacy, gender, educations, and educators, and attitude. God is our system designer versus the people. What we do is ordained of God. What they do is elected by the people. We are governed by theology beliefs, they are by secularism. We practice the institution of God, they do the constitution of their supreme court. Our supreme God tells us what to do. Not some supreme court of any country. Our origin as men and wife is from God and creation. There is from evolution and apes. The family is heterosexual in origin, not homosexual. The marriage, it, there's gender differences, not same sex or same gender. All right, our relationship in their marriage and family is a husband and a wife, a male and a female. Are you with me? In gender, for, but for the, for the world system, we, they don't have male and female. They got undefined. We go by natural affection. They got vile affection, and so it's a husband and a wife, but they call themselves partners or roommates. It's wrong. I don't care how many textbook write or what fraud says. I don't care what Skinner says. I don't care what Sinus says. Now, folks, the woman was created for Adam. Divine order. God created for Adam a world, a universe. Then he gave Adam his need for a woman who had a womb capacity. He gave Adam a wife who had the ability to produce a fetus. He gave him a wife, a female, are you with me? That, amen, she must cleave to him as her opposite gender. They're two separate individuals. Hello? And then, their relationship is based on recreation their intimacy for procreation, and their parenthood, mother and father. You can't change that. It's not going to change. I'm hurrying on here. 
Now, I'm just discussing, folks, the systems we're dealing with. I, I would like to talk to you about a husband and a wife and their, their, their swap, their strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats in that relationship. But I don't have time. But I'm going to talk about the system we're dealing with. I know this year the school system have new books out. You haven't told me that, but I know it. I listen to the news. They gave your school system a new book that tells the kids you can have two daddy, two mommy. Hello? And that's a family. What do you expect that kid to grow up and do? Same thing. Look at this. I'm telling you tonight that the roles are irreversible. God said, Adam, you are a male. You can only be a father and a husband. Adam cannot become a female. He cannot be a mother. He cannot be a wife. He can never become her. It's not possible. Adam will always be a he. He was created for Adam. God did not create a beast for Adam or a male for Adam. He created Eve, who is known as a female. There's a gender difference. She can only be a mother. She can't be a father. She can only be a wife. She can't be a husband. And her intimacy is on the receptive end, and he's on the delivery end. He deposit in her. You know, in a electricity, it takes a male and a female for energy to flow. Right? You got a male plug and a female plug. One is a receiver. One is a what? Deliver. Person is very basic. No, Eve can never be a male. She can never become a man. She will never become a husband. She can never be a father. A hunk or a son, I don't care how skillful that doctor is and that makeover program is, she'll never be dressed up. I don't care. Liberace used to dress from his high, beautiful home with this long running robe of train of white. You can see it all the time on on iTube. Dressing like a girl. Hello. But that could never make him a girl. I think if your voice even sounds like a girl, you're not a girl. <coughs> All right? Their children, Cain, the firstborn, can never become their daughter. I don't care what she wanted. He's a son, and she can't change that. He's a son, can never become a daughter, can't be a female, can't be a woman, can't be a girl, can't be a wife, can't be a mother, can't be an aunt, can't be a niece. Never! All the laws in the world won't change that. It's just like all <laughs> the government in the world can't stop the second coming. It's like the resurrection. All the stones they roll, they can't prevent him from coming from the grave on the third day. You should be shouting and throwing dollar bills at me. Say, Pastor, this is the best diversity in sliced bread. Don't tell me you're all broke about McDonald's. Thank you, Brother Marlin. I needed that. Good for burping. Mm. Reversible? 
It's impossible. It's not a car. Amen. Eve is not Adam, and Adam can never be Eve. Hallelujah. Now, I know this is pretty dangerous. I want to say it. I think I risk from saying it. But after they were the wife long enough, after a while, she will look like you, and you look like her. And I won't look like her. I won't look at her right now because I don't speak good about that. But, hello. We have Beauty and the Beast. What do you get? I won't describe it. Our sister Odon will describe it for me. What do you get, Sadon? He can't hear you. He's not saying anything. You're safe. Okay, the family. Female. Marriage to female is not equal to marriage. It's just an arrangement. You say what? It's not a marriage. I declare you partners, not man and wife. They can't say that. I care all they try. They can't say that. Male married to male cannot be married. That's an arrangement. Both are unnatural affections, contrary to the laws of nature. They abandon the natural law of creation given to them. This is called inordinate affection. It's vile affection. It's unable to procreate. And I say to them, if I put two same-sex on an island for 50 years, when I come back, all I'll see is fossils. But if I put a man and a woman in there, I promise you, friend, I don't care how ugly that guy is, eventually that's going to together to survive. And a kid will be born. Eventually. Amen? Correction. Woman was created for man. I don't care what you call it, male chauvinist, call it what you will. That's how it was. And here's a proof. The one who said that said, In the day you sin, you shall die. And not one lesbian, not one homosexual, not one Supreme Court leader, not one judge, not one advocate, not one psychologist, not one intellectual can stop us from dying. They all die. And they all face the law giver. The judge of the whole earth. It's just a matter of time. The RCMP will die. The soldiers will die. Communism will die. Democracy will die. And theocracy will reign in the new world. So, I don't care what they do. It's all temporary. The sociologists will die. They all die and they can't keep their life. Because the one who created us said, In the day you sin, he shall die. From dust you came, dust you shall return. Evolution came, defend us. We're all going to die. So obviously, they don't hold the last words. He does. Try praying to Jesus. All you kids, come here, please. Up here, very quick. Come on, kids. I want you to face the camera. Don't, don't, don't point too long, too long on this. Let's, let's, let's scan them quickly. Let's scan them. Let's real, real fast. And that's enough. Don't stay long over them. I don't want the world to see them for too long. That's good enough for me. Thank you. Now, why am I doing this? These children, you guys, guys back to your seat now. These children 
These children will have to deal with what you parents don't have to deal with. I said, these kids, and they have to make up their mind. Whose reports do we believe? The teacher or the pastor? Which book do we believe? The textbook or the Bible? Where are we from? Apes or God? Evolution or creation? Who have the last word? The Supreme Court or the Court of the Lord? Let's make up your mind. Now, folks, look at this here. Reason why gender reverse is impossible. A male can never be a female. You say, Pastor, wait, he says, Church, I can come here tonight and bless your heart. I have a book here called, I wrote a book here many years ago. I'll tell you when I wrote it. Nineteen ninety-seven. Just a young preacher, a lot more handsome, have more hair, amen. Sound a whole lot better than now. You guys miss all the good parts of me. You're even the fossils now. Hallelujah. What's left of the ages, folks? You should read this book. You can buy it. I was going to teach it to you tonight. But I thought, no, God, God. I told my wife, God is steering me from that and bring me this way. Because you're living in the latter days when the laws are changed. You're not required to go out there and wave play card, overthrow a government and curse out MPs and all of that. You're wrong. You pray for them. We're here to go out there and cuss out these guys for what they're doing. No. But you have a life to live. You are the salt of the earth. You're the candle upon a hill. You are the mustard seed that changed the environment. And you live what's right and affect them by sight. Look at this right here. All right? Reason gender reversal are impossible. The male can never be a female, and the female can never become a male. I may borrow my wife's dress and her bra and her slippers and her whatever she wears and put them on, but I can never become that. Hello? I can never become it. Never become it. It just won't work. Our hands are different. Look, girl, a man's hand and a woman's hand is different. Even even a man's, hand, a man's touch and a woman's touch is different. Look at the center of your hand. The texture is a whole lot different. A man was a lot more more like, like calico. You know, like, <laughs> like uh, just rough. When it's soft. You know why? You need to chop wood. Versus to rub your ball head. Keep it smooth. Thank God you still got your hair. Praise God. Look at this, folks. In closing, the male cannot have a monthly cycle like a woman does. The male cannot have a fetus. He cannot have a womb. Never. And he cannot produce estrogen. The female cannot produce a Y chromosome. Never can. She can never have an erection. She has a stimulation, but never an erection. And she can never produce testosterone from her brain. Both can only imitate, but never recreate or procreate what God settled from birth. 
Let's stand. I'm hurrying on here. Love. Between the same sex or same gender by cohabitation is unnatural in the Bible. It's a vile affection. It's inordinate affection. It's a violation of nature's law in the Bible. Theocracy. God's Word called that behavior among us, if we do it, abomination and pollution. And so we cannot inherit the kingdom of God if we do that. Right? So, is it democracy? It's okay with democracy. It's okay with the science of this world and philosophy and sociology. But to us, this kind of relationship is unbiblical. We're governed by the Bible. Is that right? So, in the beginning, society outlaw. Same sex. Democracy similar to the voice of the people in the world. Cain did his own thing. Is that right? Cain says, I'll do it my way. And I'll take the highway, <laughs> the broad way. In the name of tolerance and equality, we have an appeasement adjustment laws and behavior where the psychologists, right, Bible, the DSM-4, have been changed. We used to call it sodomy and, and dysfunctional behavior. Now it's acceptable behavior, lifestyle. It's called same-sex or what? They don't know what to call it. Very fancy name. Sexual orientation. Come on, folks. We didn't kid now. Is this geometry or mathematics? Orienting. What's good? Is it an isosceles triangle? Uh, is it a, a square peg trying to fit into a round hole? What is it? Orientation. Nonsense. Fancy word, it means nothing. Is it called? I won't go there. All right. Government constitution, change. Family laws, change. Society have made acceptance change. Educators make changes. New mediums make changes. Nations are forced to make change around the world. And now the faith of Christians are being called upon to change. You'd be surprised how many churches in the United States, more than Canada, have now accepted and embraced that kind of teaching. You'd be surprised how many. You want to know for yourself? We've got a, 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 a world system of communication will tell you all the percentages. Even the Mormons just changed a while ago. Jews have changed. They're more sodomized in Jerusalem than you know it. The Bible calls them that also in Revelation. The Bible calls Israel sodomites. I didn't say that. The Bible says that. They say where our Lord was crucified. Where was he crucified? Where? Jerusalem. It says... That can be called spiritual Sodom. I'm saying when a, a godly man, or even the natural normal who's not saved, and a woman 
join hands together. They form a family circle of holy matrimony and holy estate instituted by God, not by man, that must be kept inviolable. Amen. And must be represented as a sanctified worship and marriage. Boys, when you go buy your clothes, and you buy your feminine clothing, you're giving a signal to the wrong people that you're for a date. When you wear those tight clothing, you boys and your pants are showing your body parts, you are a target for ungodly men. Girls, when you dress a certain way, lo and behold, and expose yourself, and, and your clothing is not... And to see through, you're sending the wrong message. You may be not mean all those things, but you got warped minds out there that read into what you don't intend to. These uh, Facebook things, it's full of it. These perpetrators, they go in there and they seek you out. Not only that, they take your body pictures and they turn into sodomy. They take your head and put your head on bodies committing a sodomite act. You say, I don't believe that. They sure do. And then could Dr. Edward Paint may look like you in act of sodomy and even blackmail you with it. You can't prove that's not my body. That's not me. I've seen them take the president of some country's head and feed it on a dog. A well done artistic work. It looked like the guy is a dog. Not funny. Why are you putting your picture on your body parts? Why are you giving your body stats on those things? Okay, friend. Cyber sex. People have sex with your pictures. They call it voyaging. You know what that means? Voyaging. And then you boys that play with those pornographic magazines. I'm telling you, my friend. I saw the boy. He was about this high in church. He took his parents to court, and the court took him from his parents, and he died a dope addict in Manitoba. Died in the gutter. And a weeping father, which he ridiculed in the courthouse, who let him do what I wanted to do. When he got out of age, they threw him out of age 18. He was a prisoner, in and out of prison, and a dope head, and he died the way he lived. Never did live for God. You're hurting yourself. When you, and all the mom used to do, go in his bed and search under his bed for those dirty magazines. Look, those girls could be your sister. Is that what you want your sister to go through? Is that what you want your sister to live? Is that something you should show your friend and laugh at? That could be your brother. Is that what you want? How about what happened to your mother? Your auntie? Your grandmother? Sin knows no age boundaries. Sin knows no limits. The family is an endangered species. Churches is the last Sebastian. And friend, I'm telling you, the Roman priesthood have lost credibility already. Everybody know what they are. And now Protestantism is going the same way. And it's creeping in. And we're going back to the days of Lot. Is there anybody worth taking out for the family? 
I want to ask you boys. Is it right for you to shut, shut, shut a girl up and mess her up? Is it right for you to do that? And you go tell your friends that and laugh about it? And girls, are you so stupid to give up your virginity to a guy who will never be your husband? Make him laugh at you and mock you and make you light and look foolish? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? How about the guy, the guy God chose for you for life? You're not being cute texting these guys. You're just a candidate for the future demonism. Because the devil don't care what age you are. The family is very important. You want to destroy a country? You know how you do it? Not with the army. You destroy the family. Hallelujah. You boys are future husbands, hopefully. You girls, future wives, I hope. But I hope you don't become those other things I talk against. Because it's weak. Lord, this is family week. And we need to remind ourselves, what do we mean by family? Our love is not defined by St. Valentine's Day. Our love for our family is not defined by the government declaring one day as family day. That's commercialism, Lord Jesus. It's family day every week, every day of the week. Every month, every year, God, where we love our wives and, and they provide for each other and they are comfortable.